Welcome to another episode of Cross Section, the official podcast of the Section on Neonatal Perinatal Medicine of the American Academy of Pediatrics. The neonatal section represents more than 3,500 neonatologists and clinicians who are committed to caring for the nation's smallest and most vulnerable patients. In Cross Section, we hear firsthand from some of those individuals about their work. Hi, I'm John Zapanzik from the Section on Neonatal Perinatal Medicine of the AAP. One of the primary commitments of the section is to provide to a new generation of neonatologists the skills they need to deliver state-of-the-art care. Today we're going to talk about an initiative that links junior members of the section with a major collaborative quality improvement organization, the Vermont Oxford Network, or VON. I'm joined by my good friend and colleague, Dr. Dimitri Duchovny, who was the key player in organizing this initiative. Dimitri is an assistant professor of medicine at Oregon Health Sciences University, where he's also the associate director of the Neonatal Fellowship Program. Welcome, Dimitri. Uh, Thanks, John. Thanks for having me on the uh, podcast. It's all our pleasure. Um, So some of our listeners probably don't know what um, Vaughn or Vermont Oxford is. Maybe a good place to start would be to explain a bit about the organization and what it does in neonatology. Oh, sure. Uh, it's an international organization of uh, NICUs, probably nearly a thousand NICUs worldwide, most of them in uh, the United States and Canada that uh, belong to uh, Vaughn and some international sites in various uh, parts of the world. They started collecting data on major outcomes of premature infants. I think it started out as a, a database looking at just very low birth weight babies, and now they have a database that includes all NICU admissions for participating centers, and they have a variety variety of outcome measures, like major outcomes, like rates of neck and BPD, as well as process outcomes. Examples uh, include things like CPAP in the delivery room, admission room temperature. One of the benefits of Vaughn is that it allows for benchmarking and risk adjustment and allows yourself to compare uh, to other centers that are similar to you, to all the centers in Vaughn and, and so forth. And they've really revolution on quality improvement, I think not just for neonatology, but are really a gold standard for any field as far as a quality improvement network goes. That, that of course, is only one function of Vaughn. Among other things, they have done, uh, they've been part of pragmatic trials in addition to education and sort of ongoing quality improvement initiative. So I guess it's fair to say that that much of the work that Vaughn does is in providing tools that, that individual institutions like hospitals might be able to use to improve their the outcomes for their babies locally yeah absolutely i think it's a combination of tools skills and then really allowing uh, centers to compare their neonatal outcomes in a rigorous way from an organization that's only focused on neonates Hmm. and and i i've certainly um uh heard our adult colleagues saying that the the uh, approach that Vermont Oxford takes is quite sophisticated and in many ways we've been I think as a as a neonatal community uh, ahead of the curve in in developing broadly coordinated quality improvement efforts um, in large part because of, of Vaughn's contributions there are of course other places and other uh, databases out there that are prospective that collect uh, uh, data and allow you for some benchmarking. A lot of them were formed based on the adult uh, patients of the hospital. And uh, and although there are neonatal components, they're not often properly risk adjusted or fully understood. Um, and Vaughn really allows uh, for uh, 
people to uh, to uh, review their data and compare their data from a point of view of a neonate only. And, and I think that's critical uh, for us. Um, it's all pretty, the, the, the approach to quality improvement can be uh, fairly uh, straightforward and common sense at the front lines, or it can be fairly sophisticated. How, how have people traditionally learned those, the skills that, to which you, you refer? You know, it's, it's a good question. I think uh, that it's a rapidly changing landscape for uh, quality improvement knowledge, quality improvement and patient safety knowledge. I think it was something more of an afterthought, uh, you know, not uh, uh, even that long ago. And, you know, the Institute of Healthcare Improvement organizations like Vaughn and, and other organizations, uh, there were a select few people who were uh, the quote unquote quality improvement and patient safety specialists for their respected units or the respected hospitals. And it's expanded and, and I think it's fair to say exploded quite a bit over the last uh, uh, decade. And now uh, that education uh, and quality improvement is coming in at the undergraduate medical education level, uh, at the graduate medical education level, and really is has captured uh, the uh, capture that that phrase that I think is attributed to Paul Batalden, where we all have two jobs to do our job and then to figure out how to do it better. So it's really quality improvement, I think, is uh, transitioning itself to just being part of our day to day work. Hmm. And and you, you've been involved um, both as a neonatologist and as fellowship director in, in um, I think, developing quality improvement educational programs for fellows locally. Is, is, is that right? That right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, my quality improvement knowledge and background is, uh, I also consider a, a sort of quite uh, novice. Uh, you know, my, my as you know, uh, John, my fellowship background and interest is, uh, in, uh, is in health services uh, research, which, you know, quality improvement is part of that genre, I would say, but that wasn't something that I was primarily focused on. So I've been learning a lot as we go. And then the last year, we've implemented with a couple of colleagues for our fellows, a uh, longitudinal curriculum, taking advantage of uh, some quality improvement modules on the Institute for Healthcare Improvements website that's available to everyone. Uh, and uh, as well as uh, some readings and interactions and, and really trying to not only teach the skills, but but giving the fellows an opportunity to apply those skills initially in their personal improvement projects. So making sort of making it fun uh, for them and uh, easy to complete, yet being able to learn the skills of measurement over time and PDSA cycles and so forth. And then as they progress into fellowship, they'll have a chance to work as part of our hospitals or NICU's quality improvement teams. So in true improvement guru fashion, I guess you decided to consider that a small test of change and to um, scale it up to the national level with uh, Vermont Oxford. Can, can you tell us about the, the work that you have going on with Vaughn with respect to fellow education? For Vaughn, this will be uh, our third year in a row in the uh, October 2017 meeting uh, that we have a program, a half-day program set up that was initially targeted at the uh, at the fellows uh, when we put it together. It's called Jumpstarting Quality, but but really last year we probably had about at least a third, if not half, of the participants were were non-physicians. Oh, these were other other staff, uh, RNs and respiratory therapists, and so on. Nurse practitioners and nurses, uh, some some physicians who are not uh, 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 fellows and early career neonatologists, uh, and uh, it's really a half day. It's a, an in, 
a combination of, you know, about a 20 to 25 minute talk followed by a 20 to 25 minute uh, work uh, shop in a small group where they have a chance to understand that skill. And we really are focusing on the basics of the IHI model of improvement of, you know, what are you trying to uh, accomplish? What changes can you make to to do that? And then how do you know that uh, that those changes will make a difference? And and so for, for that particular uh, half-day program, Jumpstarting Quality, uh, how many participants did you did you uh, have overall? We started the first year that we did it, uh, and we had about, uh, I think, 40 participants. Last year, there was close to 90, um, and uh, uh, we're still waiting on the registration numbers from this year, but I think it will be probably fairly similar. We've kept the program fairly similar with some adoptions based on the feedback that we've received. Uh, We've even, in the last few years, we've done a little uh, feedback on the abstracts that some of the participants uh, have done. This year, we're going to try to focus a little bit more on the measurement and PDSA cycle uh, piece. And then for the small groups, one thing that we're going to do is is, uh, uh, try to allow the participants to self-assign to the level of QI that, uh, that they think they're in. Like if they're just completely new at this, if they are an advanced beginner or a little bit more advanced and we'll have a, a facilitator appropriately assigned to each table. So that way the tables that are a little bit more advanced in the small group sessions, which is about eight to 10 uh, people per group, they can really sort of focus uh, on different things than a table of uh, of beginners. That, you know, that, that being said, I, I think, uh, while this is our third year doing it, I think the participants are much are getting exposure to QI much more just even over the last three years, as I mentioned, during medical school and residency and fellowship. And so I think we're going to have to adjust with time to provide uh, uh, to provide education to the learners. Outside of the program, they're already coming in with some skills and, and you have to try to see how to enhance those skills, I guess. Exactly. Um, I think that's and that's the change that I think we you know we're noticing both in our fellows coming in at least in the exposure is variable, uh, but certainly most people know the basics. Whereas I think you know three years ago when we the pre-session webinar focused on the model for improvement, I think that that was really necessary. And I think this year most people are aware of the model uh, uh, of improvement, and we really need to to advance our learning. So that's actually a pretty rapid change in the landscape over three years that you're actually able to see a, a, a difference in the in the baseline skill set that people have. That's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So so the, the individuals who are part of jumpstarting quality uh, at the at the are, are are folks who have come in to attend the Vermont Oxford Network annual meeting, which is in Chicago. Is that correct? They're already signed up for that meeting. That's correct. It's an extra half a day program that takes place uh, before the official meeting uh, starts. I think this year it's on a Thursday and the meeting starts on Friday. And uh, in the past, uh, it's uh, shifted around. But yes, it's people that are coming to the meeting uh, and uh, as part of there's a few different options to sign up for, and they may be part of a of a team, a NICU team that's also participating in some of the pre-programming. Now, now you've you've also developed um, this this collaboration that we referred to uh, at the at the start of the um, today's session, um, a collaboration between the um, AAP section on neonatal perinatal medicine and Vermont Oxford Network that I think. Um, Adds, adds to that. Can you describe that um, that program to us, the Scholars Program? 
Absolutely. And, and actually, I, I can't take uh, uh, the credit. This was something that was actually developed by uh, uh, Gina Trakamowicz, who uh, is now a neonatologist in uh, Maine, and, along with Matchbus Frank, who uh, uh, has many hats in Vaughn, as you know. And the two of them, when Gina was uh, in Vermont, uh, had talked about starting this. At that point, I think the first year we had about 20 applicants. Uh, last year, we had about 50. And, and this year, it was uh, uh, I think around 40 applicants in total. And those are both fellows and early career neonatologists. Um, since part of this uh, scholarship program was really uh, as one of the outreach missions, both of Vaughn as well as the TCAN or the Training and Early Career Neonatologist uh, group of the section. So the uh, uh, successful applicants uh, are are provided with with what sort of an experience? Oh yeah, uh, that, that's a great question. Uh, so they're welcome to attend the entire meeting. Uh, we, uh, as I said, in over the last, this will be the third year that we have the uh, the jumpstarting quality program. So an educational program that's really targeted toward towards them and more early uh, learners in this field. And then we um, uh, we try to orient them, and not not just the not just the scholars, but any fellow or early career neonatologist that that attends. We really try to orient them to the meeting of what they think what might be useful to them there's some special uh, uh programming uh, for the fellows like for example last year we had a reception just for uh for TCAN, along with some members of uh, that was uh, supported by vaughn along with some of the leadership members of vaughn and uh, and leadership members of the section and uh, uh, we uh, provide the fellows an opportunity if they if they're not part of a NICU that has a more intensive quality improvement team uh, that's participating in a, a homeroom we provide an opportunity if they'd like to to join one of those teams um, in, in the other pre-meeting sessions. And, and really, we we try not to to be too prescriptive on purpose for uh, outside of, of the Jumpstarting Quality Program because we really want them to get the full experience. You know, it's a meeting that fellows don't uh, often or haven't traditionally come to uh, in the past, yet there's so many great opportunities. It's a great opportunity to network, and it's really a, a combination of uh, a chance to learn some quality improvement to actually see what people are doing and how they're doing it. We orient them to the what's available, but really give them a chance to explore. The only other special uh, piece that we've done in the last couple of years is uh, meet the professor breakfast, uh, which has uh, allowed the fellows to have breakfast one of the mornings with uh, one of the leaders in our field. In uh, 2017, it's going to be Heather Kaplan, who, as you know, is a neonatologist in uh, Cincinnati and is really a uh, a premier uh, QI leader uh, in general, you know, not just in the Ohio State Collaborative, but I would say nationally, uh, they'll have a chance for, for her to meet. It's really supposed to, to meet her a casual breakfast. And some of the previous folks that we've had uh, breakfast uh, with includes, you know, Don Goldman for, from the IHI. I think he was the first one, Michelle Walsh uh, uh, from Rainbow Babies, uh, Jeff Gould and Bill Edwards. And so it's really a great uh, way to meet a legend, if you will, in our field, not just in quality improvement, but in neonatology in general, in a casual sit around, drink your coffee uh, type of uh, atmosphere. Um so uh, do, do you know anything about uh, what the uh, uh, graduates of, of this program are, are doing? Are they, are they remaining involved? Are you tapping them for um, roles within the program later on? What, what happens once you've been a Vaughn scholar? 
Yeah, that, that's a great question. And that's something that we're also actively uh, working on, I would say. You know, some of them have come uh, back and participated as facilitators. Hannah Fisher uh, from uh, Kentucky has uh, participated as uh, one of our facilitators last year. Uh, some of them, we see their, uh, you know, their publications and pediatrics and other uh, journals of the QI work that, uh, that they were doing either at the time or for, since uh, uh, gone on to do. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, we're hoping that you know, similar to TCAN as, you know, participating in the Bond Scholar, in the AP Bond Scholars program will really help them engage in the, in the commun neonatal community at large and, and stay involved. So um, if uh, somebody's interested, uh, practically speaking, what, sh what should they do next and what's the kind of timeline? Yeah, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a great question. We, we usually, you know, the, the uh, scholars are set for, uh, for this year. We usually start to put out the announcement in the, about in February, and we we try to go through every aspect of communication possible to the fellows. So through the program directors, through uh, the TCAN group and, and the section, as well as uh, through the different bond centers. And we put out some information uh, about it. And the, the application, I think, is fairly easy. We just ask for uh, a CV, a personal statement, really talking about uh, your work and interest and vision within quality improvement, and then uh, uh, a brief description of a project that uh, a fellow may have been in, uh, involved with. But that's not a, a re requirement, right? To to apply. It's not. No, no. It's not. It's not a requirement to apply uh, at all. And we have to think about how to welcome those novice learners, yet at the same time. Uh, acknowledge uh, and and support and and celebrate the fellow applicants who have accomplished a tremendous amount and i should say it's not just i say fellows but really it's open to to all uh, fellows in early career neonatologists and we try to keep a balance of, of the uh, people that are awarded the scholarship as as you know a big uh, mission of can has been not only to involve the fellows, but really in that early career stage where in the first couple of years after fellowship or seven years where it's easy to get lost in the shuffle of uh, becoming an attending and, and adjusting to, to that aspect of your life. Well, I, I hope that if there are either fellows listening or, you know, they're, they're more senior colleagues that, um, that they'll take advantage of your invitation and, and uh, co contact uh, you or go to the section website and, and uh, find out how they can, can apply for the next round in, in 10 months or so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're we're welcome to questions and suggestions. You know, I think this uh, it, it's been fun to uh, help to develop and expand the program and see it grow. And uh, and uh, uh, it's it's only appropriate for as part of a quality improvement organization that we continue to evolve and serve the needs of uh, of the members uh, of it. Great. Well, um, thank you so much, Dimitri, as usual, and we'll uh, look forward to having you back soon. Great. Thanks so much, uh, John. I appreciate uh, the opportunity and always lovely to talk to you.